Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, Christmas is that time of year when we do um, tend to think of others. You know, it's the middle of the winter. and We think of others less fortunate than ourselves and none less fortunate, perhaps, than those that don't have secure, safe, stable accommodation. The, those at the margins of our society. And I'm very pleased to welcome now um, a very good friend of the station and a very good friend of mine, Robin Burgess, who's the chief executive of a well-known charity in the town, the Hope Centre. Robin, um, welcome to the show again. Nice to have you back. It must have been a pretty strange year for you and a, and a very challenging year, I would imagine, all around. Absolutely, Adrian. Um, thank you for having me on, by the way. But yeah, I mean, it has been amazing to, to think back over the last nine months. and No one could have anticipated the effect it would have on our lives. And in this context, the lives of people on the margins of society. And so, yes, it has been a dramatic, challenging, exhilarating, but also exhausting year. I can well imagine. So you probably deserve a rest, but I don't suppose you'll get much rest over Christmas. No, I wish I could take some of the three weeks of holiday that I'm owed. <laughs> so you're going to be very busy and we'll come on to what will happen over Christmas. Let's just go back, though. You know, the Hope Centre was a day centre. You had um, your clients were coming in from the streets, having a place to go for some warmth and companionship and some food, etc. How has the operation had to change under COVID in the last few months? The reality is that we've not been able to open the day centre in the same way as it was before. At one time, perhaps as many as 120, 140 people would come in um, every day and uh, they would uh, sit in the day centre, shelter, um, have social contact, play pool, get food and so on. And we've not been able to open since the start of the first lockdown. Uh, we have been able to open for takeaway food and for people to get individual advice and support. Um, and we do a great deal of that. And still every day around 40 people come in and are fed at the present time, but they can't linger and they can't keep out of the cold, sadly, which is one of the major things that's affecting us. But you, so you are offering sort of a counselling and advisory sort of support oh, yeah. then? Yeah, we, we still support pretty much every single rough sleeper in Northampton comes in um, six days a week. Um, they get hot food, they get a takeaway as well. Uh, they can go away with clothes, toiletries, um, they can have a shower, uh, they get a great deal of support. But uh, they can also get support with their benefits, with housing, with referral to housing bodies, help with mental health issues, help with addictions. And if they can really get uh, things sorted, they can move on into our what we call now our Learning for Living programme that helps people to get new skills and get jobs and improve their employability. What's happened to the numbers over the last few months? Because government policy did say we didn't want anyone on the streets, so they were willing to spend extra money on housing everyone. I think you see in the streets of Northampton um, more visible the problem, certainly during the day, of people you know, looking like they're homeless, looking like rough sleepers, begging, whatever it is. You know, can you give us some sort of stats as to what's going on? 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, hope has always worked with more than just rough sleepers, I would say. And so when we were seeing 120 people or so in the day centre, they weren't all rough sleepers. Um, we always thought there were maybe about 60 to 80 rough sleepers, but in reality, 120 people were formally assessed by the Northampton Borough Council as being rough sleepers um, at the height of the pandemic in, when people were put into the hotels. And it is just short of 120 went through the hotels. A lot of them were then moved on into housing of various types. Um, some remain in hostel accommodation, actually on university premises. Um, and some, unfortunately, have returned to the street again. And their numbers have been swollen by new people who've come onto the street since the start of the pandemic, because so many people have lost their homes or have been made redundant and therefore lost their properties uh, since then. So the numbers are moving and changing all the time. But we think uh, there are roughly around 25, maybe 30 people who are very, very insecurely housed, either rough sleepers or those who are um, sleeping on someone's floor one night and then maybe sleeping on the street the next night and then back in someone's on someone's floor again the next night. So it's a movable number, uh, but we think a rough average of 25 to 30 is accurate at the present time as of today. It's 25 to 30 too many. Do you think government policy has been, I mean, government national as well as local, um, has, it, has it, you know, responded to the challenge? Is it trying to keep up with, as you say, a growing problem? Um, government support was fantastic to put people into all the hotels. Um, we worked hard to help uh, get people housed. Um, so that was a success. But it really isn't enough just to then move people on into any old accommodation and hope that they will survive because it's hard. Moving from the street to your own accommodation is a challenging business. And people sadly have developed maybe drug or alcohol or mental health problems while they've been on the street. It may have been the cause of their being on the street, but typically it comes on afterwards. And once you've got those problems, they're incredibly hard to overcome. So you need the kind of full support needed within supported accommodation to enable people to move on in their lives. And sadly, that hasn't always been available. And sometimes it's just been a matter of, there's some keys, have a property, that's fine. And uh, we need much more yeah. than that. So tell us a little bit more about the Learning for Living then. Is that a well-funded programme? Um, this is still funded until um, April now by the National Lottery. Um, all the work that we do is helping people to improve their employability, to gain skills, confidence, and also to overcome their drugs, alcohol and mental health problems. Uh, so it's a kind of integrated service that wraps around people who may be on the street, but often people who have made on, moved on and have moved into supported accommodation and may not get that much support from their landlords. So it provides an additional degree of support to help them make the necessary changes to survive in housing and not um, relapse and not go back onto the street again. Um, and we've got uh, pretty much a new team who've, who've been recruited into that and they bring with them a lot of skills in providing education, providing support, uh, doing the kind of assessments and, and motivational work to help people survive in their, in their new tenancies. And that can take place, carry on, because that's what, one-to-one -one as against one-to-many sort of... Um, yeah, one-to-one of -one very small groups, two or three or whatever. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's really um, just beginning to start up again. It was challenging to run it. Uh, it has taken a while, uh, but it's now pretty much ready to go. And after January, um, after Christmas, it will begin 
very much in earnest, although it's already happening with, with smaller numbers at the present time. And we very much welcome referrals for that service. And we'll be going live with all the referral pathways shortly. Mm. Well, turning turn to Christmas, I mean, you know, the Hope Centre traditionally is open on Christmas Day. It's serving many meals. What's happening this year in terms of your ability to create a refuge, create a place for, for you know, the disadvantage in the town to enjoy Christmas with some company? Well, some as I said, again, uh, we, they can't stay. Uh, the COVID rules are absolutely explicit um, in a kind of community centre as opposed to a restaurant, say. People can't come and stay and linger. So although we will be providing Christmas dinner and we will have presents, we will have a tree, we'll have Father Christmas, we'll have music, people can't stay for any length of time. And, and the numbers are much reduced. That's very much aimed at the most acute rough sleepers and, and those in, in real need, but also some of the people who are in hostels and accommodation, sports accommodation. Right. And with the weather obviously turning very bad, we've had a couple of very cold nights. You know, what is there extra provision for severe weather? Um, we very much hope that the, the, the SWEP programmes will be triggered very shortly. Um, we're on a call later today with the, the Borough Council, and our view is very firmly uh, that SWEP should be triggered when it's as cold as it is now. But we are only one voice in that decision-making. Uh, we very much hope that after today uh, there will be changes in the policy and there will be um, greater opening. Um, but we also, as I've said, supply plenty of warm clothes to people. So we always welcome donations of clothes, sleeping bags, things like that, so that we can get it out to the people that we see every single day. And if people want to help, by the way, Robin, how do they get in contact or what do they do? Where do they go? The, the best way to take your clothes is to, is to take them to our charity shop. Um, and that doesn't mean to say they'll end up on the shelves. It's just where we store and sort and clean and process. So that if clothes go in there, a great chunk of them will come out again and go on to the homeless. Um, I've, given, I've given an indication of the numbers uh, with about 25 to 30 people. Um, we, need, we need to ensure that they are kept warm. Uh, we also provide clothes through our, uh, beginning to provide clothes through our food club as well for people on low incomes who are accessing some of the food aid that we provide. And so if you take stuff to the charity shop, even if you, you're, you're thinking, no, I don't want it to be sold to raise money. I want it to go on the, on the back of a homeless person. Um, chances are it will be um, if it, it will be sorted there and then sent up to the day centre. All right. And the charity shop is on, um, oh, on the main street, isn't it? Yes, um, it's on Abington Street. It's opposite Poundland um, and H&M um, on the other side next to a couple of other charity shops. And then the website and donations, well, how do people... Um, people can always make a donation. If you look at our website, uh, which is very easy to find, just Google Northampton Hope Centre, um, you'll be immediately greeted with how you can support Hope this winter, whether that's by donating food or clothes or money, whichever you prefer. And also, of course, we still have lots and lots of volunteers. And if you're interested in volunteering, you can also express interest through that source. Okay, well, we'll repeat those before we finish. So let's just look at um, food. It is time of year. Many of us are thinking about food. We overeat, etc. But food seems to be a very important part of your strategy with the Hope Centre. Can you just explain a couple of the different initiatives you've got going on around food, Robert? Very much. And um, so we, we, we very much are a food poverty organisation or a poverty organisation more generally. And homelessness is just one kind of poverty. And food poverty, frankly, consumes a vast amount of my time as a manager because... 
uh, we're working in partnership with the, with the county council and all the district councils in the West North Ants um, unitary area to coordinate food aid to those who are most vulnerable. And um, I, I sort of bring together a group of other food aid charities and we do uh, bi-weekly calls and we're working together to advertise our services together and where possible to collaborate and cooperate and share food as much as we possibly can. And hope is right at the center of that. Uh, and so we are feeding between us collectively all those organizations and there are now something like 30 different organizations uh, in that alliance. We're feeding several thousand people, maybe three, three and a half thousand people a week uh, are being fed through that system, uh, which is a useful um, counterbalance to the fact that there are maybe 25 homeless people. So on the one side, we're feeding 25 people. On the other side, with our partners involved as well, we're maybe feeding three and a half thousand more people in need who just aren't as severely affected by being homeless as well. That's a remarkable um, impact. Do these operations give uh, job opportunities or training opportunities for your clients as well? Yes, because uh, we also run a social enterprise. Um, so we have a variety of little businesses uh, within it, including the warehouse where all the food is processed. Um, but we're just opening a new one after Christmas, uh, which is Hope Decorating, uh, which is a new project um, entirely, providing standard decorating services to the general public, but also to charities in the public sector. And that will employ and train and provide work experience for people to get a start in decorating. And that joins our horticulture business, our catering business, our tool repair business, which will be restarting again after Christmas, uh, and also retail opportunities through the charity shop and warehousing through the um, food project. So there's lots of means of people getting access to jobs and skills and work experience through all those different routes. Yeah, no, remarkable uh, wide range. And does the shop do well, charity shop? Because I do remember yeah. being involved in some discussions on that and we weren't sure if it would or would not wash its face. But uh, no, it certainly it does. Now? It's a brilliant success. Um, we have an excellent manager there and the, the charity shop who runs a very tight ship. And we have high quality produce, um, which is sold to raise money for the charity and the social enterprise. And uh, it's incredibly successful. Yeah, indeed. And then just one last thing, I guess, on the fundraising, um, the bike ride. I hope that's still going on. I think it was cancelled this year. I was thinking of doing it, the, the ride around Europe or whatever, but uh, it's on next year again. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it was very sad that we did have to cancel that one. Um, we're absolutely confident that we'll be back again next September. Most of the same people involved in organising it as before. And we're very much looking forward to having that ride go ahead, just as we're also looking forward to having um the sleep out again in january now people will be thinking oh sleep out and they'll be thinking about the cold weather um but also possibly be thinking about covid but i can assure you that we will make it a very covid safe environment where people will be able to socially distance and raise important funds for the work that we do so do get in contact about that so lots going on. How many on the full-time staff at the moment to do all um, Full-time, I can't remember exactly, but there are 34 people across charity and social enterprise employed by Hope. Uh, many of them are part-time. Um, I can't remember the, the full-time equivalent to the moment. All right. Robin, you talked about collaboration on the food poverty with other organisations. Um, and I'm reading a lot that the charity sector is in the great threat and you know some figures up, up, upwards of 50% or more may not survive the next 12 months. What's your reading on the third sector as a whole 
you know, what's going to happen? What, what are the prospects for next year? And are you seeing more or less collaboration across the county in terms of, um, you know, a lot of small charities? Are they running around like headless chickens or are they actually getting their act together and collaborating for greater impact, perhaps at reduced cost? Well, we were, we were very aware that there needed to be coordination, particularly on the food side, and less so much charities, but also mutual aid groups, uh, just people getting together to start doing stuff. And at the start of the pandemic, there was a bit of duplication and there was some headless chicken work going on, but we've made so much effort on the food side to bring it all together. Uh, and it is largely all working incredibly well together now. On the other side, um, there is always a fear that there are too many charities who don't want to cooperate and collaborate. Um, I think it's part and parcel of some sectors. As a whole, um, the charity sector has risen heroically to the challenges of COVID. Um, and I'm incredibly proud that I work in a sector which achieves so much for so many people across our community. Um, and I long may it be the case, but I do fear for some charities who perhaps are less obviously in uh, addressing needs as some others, uh, because, um, for example, arts and heritage charities may not have quite the same kind of perception in the eyes of the general public that they are desperately needed in the way that a homelessness or a poverty charity is. I very much hope that we see very few uh, losses in the charity sector over the coming months. Uh, it's a worry. Um, and we do our bit to help and support emerging um, charities and social enterprises. Uh, I also chair the um, development body for social enterprise in Northampton. Uh, we do a great deal to try and help new budding social entrepreneurs to uh, make a go of their new and brilliant and imaginative businesses. So uh, it's all about collaboration in my book and it's all about cooperating. We need the third sector more than ever, but funding is still a challenge. And I'm sure, well, you know, uh, is Hope Centre adequately funded or are you really genuinely Ooh. having to fight for every penny? We do have to fight for every penny. Uh, we have a very good team of fundraisers. We have a lot of very dedicated and passionate supporters, but we always need to maintain our income levels uh, because we're not a kind of charity that has big statutory funding or grants behind us. Uh, we are somebody who works every single day to raise the funds needed to keep the organization going. Well, Robin, you know, thank you very much for the insight. So um, you're looking for volunteers, you're looking for donations of clothing. Uh, you can tell us in a second what particular type of clothing, any any spare funds can all go to help. Yes, anything else you want uh, to ask and then repeat please the website and how to get in touch with you. No, that's fine. I'll just mention the, the you can find us all over social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, um, and also things like LinkedIn and Facebook, of course, and just Google Northampton Hope Centre. Uh, that'll get you there and you'll find all of the different platforms through which we communicate. But if you want to use phone, just ring 01604 214 300 and you can reach us. Or you okay. can email office at northamptonhopecentre.org.uk. Okay, and in terms of clothing, any particular items that you do welcome at this time of year? Pretty much anything, but warm coats are always welcome. Okay, great. Well, Robin Burgess, the Chief Executive Officer of the Hope Centre, a very important and vital charity in the town. Some great things going on. Sadly, the need may well be growing because of all the economic and, and political uncertainty that we're facing. But if you'd like to help and support in any way you can, 01604 214 300, um, office at northamptonhopecentre.org.uk. 
and that uh, we've been listening to Robin Burgess, the Chief Executive Officer of the Hope Center. Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, keep up the great work. I hope you'll have some rest and a peaceful, joyous Christmas in many ways, but, um, you know, essential work that you're doing. And um, thank you to you and all the team for everything that you're doing for the town and the county. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.